Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Rogue AI podcast. This is episode five, I believe, and this is your host, Wildebeest, back with the boys, Azzy and Crazy. Hello, everyone. Hello. How'd it go? And uh, yeah, this is going to be a fantastic show. We've got quite a long one planned out because we've got a whole lot of topics to dig into since the last time that we were that we were in the same call together. Like we had to scrap an episode because there was a day I was not really feeling it and everything was just mad scuff. So we just decided to scrap that one. I think that was what, like two or three weeks ago, boys. I can't rem- I can't remember how long ago that was. It was so scuffed that instead of uh instead of Azzy leaving us at the beginning of the call, it was crazy. So we got the script flipped on that one. Still have the original audio somewhere, I believe. Oh, like yeah. on on my PC somewhere. I still have it. Holy shit though. <laughs> and Heck, I guess uh, where we get started is just a little bit of uh, news as to what's going to be happening with the show here, like, going forward. And this is something that 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 we talked about for a good bit in DMs to make sure everybody's position was straight on it. And th- with that being said... Azzy is going to be stepping back as a uh, permanent host of the show because of real life uh, responsibilities that he is going to be. Oh, I cannot even phrase this correctly, but he's going to be undertaking a great deal of responsibility. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Daddy, daddy needs to go for a bit again. <laughs> Dang, he's got to go for a pack of cigarettes again. Milk too, milk. and some milk. Uh, but uh, hey, you care to elaborate on uh, what kind of stuff you you're gonna be having going on, Azzy? Like, are you gonna be in this in the space still, or are you just like disappearing from the internet for a while? Um. I I've kind of had to take a step back from a lot of things. Uh, I'm uh, I don't know. I I I'm gonna be you know yeah uh, because what I'm him, so what I'm what I'm kind of curious about though is are you gonna be still working with the brocade and doing stuff there as well? Because um, that was some banger I, content. I'm gonna miss that stuff if you're not working on it anymore. Uh, we have because I have like a a schedule. Um, I like I've been able to try and maintain that, but yeah, like I haven't. Um, I haven't been able to be in the videos. There are there has been some videos where I've like. Uh, we've had to bite the bullet and, you know, switch up the format a little bit, just so it's like, um, just so it's, like, easier for, like, I'm not, 
um, like missing a deadline or uh, just so like because I've been like doing like college work and all that shit. So it's uh, been hard to juggle, but yeah. Um, oh, so much like uh, much like this project though, like yeah, those guys have been kind of preparing for that as well. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. Because to those of you out there listening, I am going to be editing this episode of the podcast and I am already ready for pain. I already know this is going to be ridiculously fucking difficult (laughs) to say the least, because I've been doing a little bit of audio engineering education in the past few weeks. And by God, it took us, it took so long for me to re-edit one of the epi- the prior episodes of the podcast because I still have the original audio files for every single episode. And my God, it took me like three days to do it. And I mean, three days after work of not doing anything except for editing. <laughs> it yeah. was, it was such a pain, but it was a fun pro it was a fun process and i feel i got really close to what you did with the episode i think it was i think it was episode 1 oh nice yeah I, I redid episode yeah. 1 and i may re-release that at some point just to uh put a comparison out there but i i would have to find like an archive channel to put that on or create one yeah but but yeah, that's the bit we wanted to tell y'all about the show. And we're also planning on having a little bit uh, more frequency in episodes. And now that we won't be exclusively relying on Azzy to edit, I feel like I have more free time to do that than Azzy did prior. So we may have more episodes out depending on how flexible Crazy's recording schedule is. Oh, it's pretty fucking flexible right now. Like really flexible, so yeah. We'll, we'll be start. We'll, we'll we'll keep. We'll be dropping more content more frequently. Yeah. But is your is your recording schedule as flexible as my work thinks that my work schedule is? <laughs> that is the real question here, crazy. <laughs> because I may call upon you in the middle of the fucking not one of these days to do an episode with someone that is not from our time zone or Azzy's time zone, but a time zone even further forward in time than Azzy. <laughs> and when I come calling that day, I can heavily not expect you to answer because it's fucking four o'clock in the morning, lol. <laughs> Do a fucking episode. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, but that's what we wanted to uh, address as far as the show is concerned. But now that that's out of the way, though, boys, we can dive into some meaty, juicy, fucking rap topics. And I wanted to touch on some of the more interesting YouTube and Twitch stuff that's been going on since we last did the show. And I do feel that one of the most interesting pieces was from YouTube, and this happened about two, three weeks ago, I suppose. And this was the fucking rampant scam that was going around where the scammers were able to successfully use a Google.com domain 
name, like an at google.com name domain to trick creators into deleting their channels and having the channels reinstated under the scammers information. Stuff like that. And the creators most prominently hit by this, ironically, was one of the biggest anti-fucking scamming YouTubers on the platform, Jim Browning. And oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's known for working with uh, the likes of Mark Rober, and he does a lot of videos where he exposes like these call center scam people, and in a lot of cases... He has exposed people in like India, Bangladesh, uh, Pakistan, stuff like that. Just these, these uh, Middle Eastern or like I would say, I'd say it's like in these Asian, like these Asian or I don't, I can't, I can't say what region of the world that is. I guess Middle Eastern Asian countries and that particular area of the world that seem to do these scams more often than not. I'm I'm just trying really fucking hard not to sound racist because a lot of these call centers are in India (laughs) and everyone loves stereotypes and shit like that. So yeah, like Jim Browning was convinced to delete his channel. And the, he said in his video, he said that the bells, the alarm bells didn't ring until the scammer started asking for his account information or his two factor to get access to his account to get, you know, to get his account transferred over to the scammer. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, and the crazy part is. Mm-hmm. This, if I remember correctly from watching the video, it's been a couple of weeks. The crazy part was that the scammers were able to make millions off of this scam because basically they're making all of the channels ads, the channels that they're stealing AdSense revenue from their prior videos. And I'm imagining that Jim Browning's channel wasn't the biggest one that they hit either. Because oh, yeah. these guys were able to use a actual at google.com domain name. Like when in correspondence with these users. That's the craziest part, boys. Um, yeah, I if don't I, know too much about it, but yeah, I did remember it was um under the creator one, I think. Yeah, I think it was like at creator partners at google.com or some shit like that. Yeah. Like that was the uh, domain that they ended up using. Yeah. That's honestly, it was a really weird, even though like, that was kind of like a weird thing to get from them, but like it is really weird that they use the Google domain. Uh, uh, um, no, it was the, uh, uh, no, yeah, it was just weird that they used the, um, the creator partner one, just because, like, that isn't, that usually isn't the email that you would get, but, like, it is, um, that would be easy to fall for and stuff, honestly. 
Yeah, I remember uh, Some Ordinary Gamers made a video about that as well because he almost fell into the same scam, but he kind of backed out of it, of the uh, whole thing, before the channel deletion part. Oh, I'm just, like, wondering. I, I hear my nephews fighting in the background, and I'm just wondering, like, which toy are they fighting over? Is it Spider-Man or is it Hulk this time? Oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm sitting here wondering, because I can hear them screaming. <laughs> and that's what I'm wondering. But anyway, th there was that. And then, obviously, there's the uh, gambling meta on Twitch, which has been raging since the... Uh, it's been raging since the hot tubs category was added. That kind of like died off and gambling became the new uh, raid boss. Because you saw the likes of uh, train wrecks, XQC, and several other uh, like thousand plus viewer streamers doing this like crypto gambling stuff on sites like Stake, Rubet, um, there's probably other ones, but I really don't fucking care because what happened in a lot of these situations was starting off, a lot of these streamers were streaming from the United States and it is illegal to, to you know, it is illegal to gamble on stake or rubet or any of these in the United States because they're based in a offshore offshore location where the laws specifically state that they will not work with the United States <laughs> at all. Like once you get to cashing out your uh, account, like if you put in like United States information, basically, yeah, they're going to freeze your account and take your money. So <laughs> that's what, the what they, yeah, that's what they do. Because it's, it's oh. actually illegal for them to cash you out if you're in the United States. And you broke yeah. their terms of service if you're in the United States. And yeah, the problem true. with this is, these bigger streamers are getting aff affiliate links for these websites to their mostly American fan bases to play on these sites. And the fuck part is, they're not... They you know they're not getting their uh, affiliate payouts in proportion to how much money the uh, users are spending, but basically based on the house edge, based on the people betting, so they're making money for their viewers losing too. In a lot of these instances, and the big ones to note are train wrecks, XQC. Um, I think those are the two really big Andes that everyone knows. Oh, yeah. XQC got out of it relatively uh, quickly compared to, like, you know, when the drama was hot, he kind of got out of it. And what made it even more fishy was XQC and then Trainwrecks both moved to Canada. But XQC's reasoning for it was a bit was different than train train wreck's reasoning. 
XQC's reasoning was uh, the amount of swattings that was happening when he lived in LA and he was uh, afraid that something was going to happen. That was his reasoning for it. Like, you can take that as you will, whether that's convincing enough or not. But by train wrecks just straight up moved to Canada to bypass the uh the, the loot you know to make a loophole in the the gambling law so that he can legally gamble on stake for content <laughs> and the shit, the crazy shit is is not the you know not the hate on train or anything but one of these days last week i think it was actually the day that i made the plans with crazy to record on this day which is wednesday for those of you listening this podcast should be out before the next Wednesday. I was in in DMs with Crazy, talking to Crazy. I think after work one of those days, or like late as fuck at night, while watching Trainwrecks lose three hundred thousand dollars gambling slots, running thousand dollar slots, and just fucking like just like bleeding money. The entire time. <laughs> like, while hunched over at his computer screen, saying, like, like, it was like saying, like, whatever the, what the condition for the bonus rounds for the game is. And, like, like it, it was, it was weird. Like, they were, like, sweet-talking the game. And then in certain instances, they were like shit talking it, which which I found really funny because that's what like that's what you do when you gamble on sports and your team's fucking like shitting the bed really bad. You start fucking like shit talking really hard. Oh, yeah. Just as when your team's winning and covering the spread, you will also uh, like sweet talk it really hard. (laughs) I found it really (laughs) I found it really fucking funny. Because I've gambled on sports before, and it's like a fucking perfect, uh, like one to one, on how I felt before gambling on sports. But no, like no hate on train or anything. It was like all good content, I suppose. But he lost three hundred thousand dollars, refilled his account for two hundred more, and then fucking bled through that while I was talking the crazy that night. And this was over the course of like three to four hours, boys. What the. How would you feel about losing five hundred thousand dollars in one night? I, I, I'd cry. I would be upset. Yeah, I'm sure for train it really doesn't hurt him as much as it would hurt someone else that doesn't, you know, that isn't making money directly from the game, you know, from the websites through the affiliate links, which, by the way, was. Banned, which was a banned practice by Twitch as of last week, I believe. They have now officially banned the use of affiliate links to crypto gambling websites or shilling cryptocurrency in general. Like, you can't, you are not allowed to like shill for cryptocurrency or to push out affiliate links for anything involving crypto now. Oh God! And we have already found our first victim to this uh, new rule, and that is Rushstein, who is a gambling streamer. He's never streamed anything else than gambling, as far as I know. And he was banned last weekend 
Oh, yeah. That was fucked. But, uh, shit, uh, I've said enough about the gambling shit, but, uh, what's, what's your guys' take on the whole gambling shit before I continue? I guess don't gamble. <laughs> if you gamble, you're going to lose $500,000 in one go. Damn. Very powerful yeah. words, but yeah, that's, that's a given though. You should always know that in like most casinos, the house is fucking like structured to not only beat you, but to bend you over and fucking beat you and then shove the paddle up your ass. That's how these things are like rigged because, because, you know, especially with the slots, I feel it's more dangerous because it makes the fucking, you know, it makes the fucking, you know, it makes the beep boop noises that everybody likes to hear. I feel like it's more dangerous than like blackjack or uh, I feel like it's more dangerous than blackjack. Ah, uh, fuck. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, any of that has a place there. Uh, yeah, that's 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 where I'm at as well. Like with the whole like I just don't feel it has a place on Twitch. And this is going to be a very scalding hot take on this whole sh- on this whole shit, but I feel as if gambling sexual content such as the uh hot tub bikini streams uh drinking for donos and the like should all be like specifically categorized in Twitch's algorithm to not be able to run ads in the slightest. You should not be able to run ads or earn subs or anything like that when running under a category such as slots or beaches and hot tubs or whatever. Like, I don't believe that you should be able to earn subs, run ads, make money in general while doing stuff that's clearly 18 plus on a website where the age, like the minimum age is 13. I feel like it may just be me running a moral, like a moral high ground on shit like this, but I just feel like it's not, it's just not Twitch. They can always do uh, ads that are more appropriate for that stuff, but I don't think any of that has a place on Twitch. Yeah, that is... Uh, yeah, it's a stretch to say that it is. It's... It, the people... I don't I don't blame some of the people, because it's kind of smart. Yeah, I don't uh, blame the streamers. Advantage. Yeah, I don't blame uh, the streamers for taking advantage of the fucking meta and making their money i mean yeah that's cool for them but what happens when the rest of us get fucked over because because uh someone you know someone decides to uh pull the plug on advertising for the entire website because of that like a big ad agency say a big ad agency represents like several major companies and they just decide, hey, we don't want to run ads on this website anymore for any of our clients. Where else, you know, we're going to go elsewhere with our uh, budget. What happens then? 
Yeah. Then a lot of these uh, content creators that have made this a job Um, are going to be in some big time shit because Twitch is going to be bleeding, you know, bleeding money at that point. And I'm not going to lie. And this is already getting worse for like, like the, like say Twitch's advertising revenue goes away. And and it's like say they have a Twitch adpocalypse. Have you guys seen that they're doing like localized sub pricing now for like second and third uh, territories? Yeah, yeah and this is like a yeah, this is like a marketing thing too. Say so, so, all of us we would be in a first territory since we're since crazy and I we're in the states and Azzy is in the UK. We're all in territory one countries, which means we are not going to get changed sub pricing. But for category two and category three countries or territory two and territory three, I should say. Their sub pricing is going to get lower, which means that. The that the payout Twitch is giving for those subs is also going to get lower. And their only recourse for this is if you're a streamer that lives in one of those countries, they're going to like front the rest of the sub cost for like six months. Which means like, say you live in some territory three country that still has internet somehow because territory three countries are mostly third world countries. Yeah. But not, not exclusively third world countries, but mostly. But say, but say that you live in one of those countries and stream and you go from, you have 500 subscribers. So you're going to go from making $250 or like, wait, no, wait, or a thousand dollars or whatever. Fuck, I only, I don't know math right now. But you're going to go from making that five, like, you know, I think it's $500 if I'm not mistaken, but you're going to go from making that money to making significantly less after that six month period is up. If, unless the, uh, the plan of the, like, the plan behind Twitch's, uh, like change to this in particular is the fact that they believe that this is going to encourage people new subscribers to subscribe assuming that people can newly register to the website and that they're bringing onboarding people onto the website properly in these territories Hmm. so you would just really have to hope that like as a smaller streamer or, or as a streamer in these countries that you just have some absolute fucking oil oil bearing chads in your fucking chat, don't, like gifting subs out the wazoo. That's <laughs> like, yeah. like that's gonna be that's gonna be hard for these uh, streamers, these smaller streamers, and for these uh, streamers. I, I feel like this is mainly streamers outside the English speaking market. I would say in particular, like. Brazil or South America. This is going to hit those streamers really hard. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not too, um, 
another thing I'm not too uh, educated on, but they need to sort out the percentages as well. Because I'm pretty sure it's like 50-50. Oh, for the uh, subscription revenue? Yeah. Yes. Twitch is still taking 50% of your cut. The only instance where you get the higher cut is if you are like a large, large streamer, like 1K plus, fuck? like a 1K plus, like, you know, thousands of viewer yeah. Andy. Yeah. yeah, that's so weird. You t- yeah, streamers should get it. Um, some streamers actually want the, uh, the, the subscription revenue to go up for them in order for Twitch. And yeah, also, no, it should be, it should and be, then also, uh, 70% should be the minimum. That's weird. 70, 30? No, 70. YouTube, yeah, te- yeah, YouTube takes 30% off the top. That's what YouTube does. Yeah. yeah they take 30% off the top, I believe. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. But also, another uh, piece of information that's going to like affect the financial side of streaming is the fact that PayPal has changed the uh, changed the uh, rate for uh, how much they take out of a donation. So now, like the percentage of the donation that they take is like it's it went it went down by like a fucking hundredth of a percent. But the base fee has increased in price. So the base huh. fee is like uh, I. I've got to look this up on Google because I don't remember. Yeah, I've got to look this up. Okay. Is it a 2.9%? Yeah, it's 2.9%. Yeah, it's like, let's see. Yeah, Google says 2.9% plus 0.30 cents USD. Or it's a 2.89% plus 49 cents. Or no, no I, think that's, I think that's wrong. But, hmm. yeah, that's, yeah, I, 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 I got it up on Google. And it's giving me a two point nine percent plus. Or yeah, now yeah, now it is three point four nine percent plus forty nine percent compared to two point nine percent plus thirty cents. But I think for streamers, it's like two point eight nine percent plus the uh, forty nine cents. If I'm not mistaken, but this could be wrong. But all I know is that the base fee is going up. While the percentage is like very slow, like lowly dropping, so like one dollar donos are going to be very unviable now. You are not going to get even half of your one dollar dono. What the? F- so not dumb. to mention, you still have to pay taxes to the fucking IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, the motherfucking people that own your fucking soul. You oh, have yeah. to give them a cut. Off the full dollar, not the fucking fifth, not the fucking nearly half a dollar that you're getting. No, the whole dollar, like counting what PayPal's getting. 
Jeez, man. So one dollar donos are gonna be fucking ripperinos. They're, they're no more. Yeah, that is not good. That combined with the sub, the new sub pricing, combined with sick, combined with the fact that Twitch is still driving away advertisers in such a way that they do. Not gonna like elaborate on that too too much. But I'm like the like the quality of the advertisers has gotten worse as well. That's what I'm trying to get to. But yeah, this is gonna be very, very shaky for Twitch and all of its creators, including the two including myself. Because I'm the only one that's affiliated. If I'm not mistaken. For now. Yeah, I'm not affiliated. Yeah, I'm the only one that's affiliated yeah. for now. So that is going to be interesting for sure. I'm going like, to have to take some actions in the future myself to set my stream up to be, to be ready for that. Yeah. But I think that wraps up everything I wanted to say about Twitch and YouTube news. There wasn't a lot that I wanted to talk about. Like, all of the drama that's been going on is fucking pointless. Like, I don't care about H3 and Keemstar for the fucking 40th time. Like, why don't they just get in a boxing ring and boxing ring and fucking fight Duke it out already? Or just fuck, or just make a fucking sex tape? Because that's what it, that's what the, it's clearly... That's what is clearly about behind the scenes. There, there's some sexual tension there that they need to clear out. That's all I got to say. There is some, there is some fucking heavy sexual tension there. <clears throat> like, they just need to hate fuck each other into oblivion. Like, real bad. That's all I got to say about that. Yes, into oblivion. Be seeing you. But yeah, that's all I wanted. To, that's all we needed to say about YouTube and Twitch stuff. But now the juiciest part of the podcast. This is everyone's favorite segment, the gamer news, and this is where I take it to crazy because he's got the inside scoop on everything gamer uh, because he's a fucking gamer giga Chad. <laughs> first of all, let's talk about the shit show that abandoned is. Oh boy. And, uh, Are you... So here, here's a little context about it. So a week ago, I, I believe they they were planning on dropping the app on the PS5, and my my I was waiting for it, but apparently there was there was some technical issues on their side, and they didn't drop it. Well, they showed a clip on on Twitter about the game, and then uh, like three days later, they drop they 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 fixed the issues. They dropped it. I go into I go into the website. I go into the app. It's it's five gigabyte. The update is five gigs. I'm like, oh shit! So there's there's gonna be something good here then, right? Yeah. I go into the fucking app. I open it, and it shows the same clip that they fucking showed on Twitter. And for context, by the way, everyone listening, this clip is literally, um, it's it's like a game render. It's literally the a fucking floorboard. And a dude walks through it. 
It's like yeah. almost, it's not even five seconds long. It's almost four five seconds, seconds long. Five. It's like 4.8 four seconds long, eight. if I'm guessing correctly. 4.8 seconds of a fucking floorboard, and then a dude walks through it very briskly. That's what we're talking what? about here. This is what caused man. two days of delays. Three days, actually. Three <laughs> days? Imagine, what uh, the fuck? <laughs> as you fucking imagine, though, the, the community, some of the community was pissed. And rightfully so, because we, we've been waiting for this shit for, like, what? A year? No, no. Probably, like, a few months. And they've been teasing a lot of shit. They teased Metal Gear Solid. They teased Silent Hill. They, they basically, Hassan was a marketing genius. But oh my god, the, the the shit show that happened about Abandon a few days ago was uh was really yeah. rough. Yeah, crazy post that you know like tells me about the uh about the about this like demo being the same clip they posted on Twitter days before, and my immediate response because I chronicled this, th- my immediate response. The first, the very first thing I said was they should rename their studio to Blue Balls Game Studios. And I shit you not, five minutes later, Mudahar, aka or some ordinary gamers on YouTube, tweets Blue Box Game Studios, more like Blue Balls Game Studios, Lamel. And I'm like, fucking, you know, Mask Wojak? That was. That was the whole deal. And oh my god, I fucking accidentally clicked Apex for the fucking 500th time. <laughs> so this is going to be fun to this is going to be fun to manage and post. So uh, my me being me, I started to like search up like look up everyone's reaction, like the whole community's reaction. A lot of people found it a lot of people were upset. Uh, but uh, other people were like the a lot of people were, other people were laughing their ass off and how much of a disappointment that was because it, it really was honestly it was really disappointing yeah that was that was something that I don't think the gaming community was ready for because this is something I also wanted to bring to the podcast when we had crazy on board and for that last recording that we did, we didn't get to because crazy got in for like 30 minutes, which was the whole fucking conspiracy surrounding this game where people oh, yeah. believe that this is like a Hideo Kojima fucking uh, conspiracy to advertise silent Hill. Which, uh, a new silent Hill game. You guys already know my opinion on that. I, I genuinely don't believe it's a Kojima. I don't either. Because why not just come out and say it's a Silent Hill game? Because everybody will fucking... Everybody would fucking, like... You, you, you know, like, if you just came out and said that you're making a new Silent Hill game, everybody would be fucking shoveling their money at you so fast you couldn't fucking handle it. Doing the shit that blue boxes do. You would be getting Star Citizen levels of fucking crowdfunding if you were to start a crowdfunding campaign this way. I, I don't understand though how PlayStation hasn't talked about it yet. Like it's really weird. Sony hasn't mentioned anything about it. Yeah, that is yeah, that is very strange that Sony hasn't uh, addressed any of that. No, I haven't talked anything about it, which is really weird. Either 
it's it's actually where that Kojima is on this or blue they are blue they talk behind the scenes for blue box yeah i can imagine i, I wonder if anything crazy is gonna happen that you know like that way like is sony gonna make a statement and is anything gonna happen because of like, the uh disappointment like uh sony they probably showed something to sony that they they liked that's why they're not saying anything yeah i'm surprised sony is like if they do like want to defend blue box i'm surprised they're not coming out and saying hey we still back blue box 100 percent. this isn't a scam and such and such yeah like we want to see this through and all that like you you would just expect sony to do that since they partnered with the studio yeah because uh you see how the whole cyberpunk shit show that happened a few months ago <laughs> yeah so sony sony took, took out the, the the game out of their uh their store just because of the shit show it was I'm surprised they haven't done anything or talked about at least abandoning Blue Box Studios. Yeah, that's very strange to say the least. And then, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Blue Box, they think publicity, that the publicity that they're having is good. And while some of it is good, a lot of it, good publicity is good, but too much of it can be really bad, especially with the, the shit that they pulled with the app it's not yeah they just, I don't know what they're doing yeah just know that that in yeah that that bit that crazy said there is foreshadowing for the last topic we're going to talk about on this show but that will be yeah. saved for the end <laughs> and the bit i'm talking about in particular is uh is someone is a uh, blue box thinking that any publicity is good publicity Th- this is foreshadowing for the last topic uh, but Heck, into some more gamer news. Uh, I wanted to briefly touch on the fact that uh, Apex is the new Fortnite. And by that, I mean that Apex has eclipsed every other shooter game on the Twitch radar. I'd say except for Valorant. Valorant still has its community. Yeah, Valorant's fucking kicking strong, you know. Valorant's very strong. But I'd say Fortnite is, you know, is seeing, you know, is down bad right now. And I'd also say Warzone is really down bad because all of their big dogs have moved over to Apex Legends. And we're talking about Nick Merckx, Symphony, Cloaksy, Courage, Tim, um, Tfue. I mean, it's understandable that they fucking moved from Warzone to... And an, and a little bit more of Apex news. Apex's lead game designer was fired. Boys, have you heard about this? Oh, yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Daniel uh, Klein. The, the, the lead uh, designer. Yeah, the lead game designer Daniel Klein was uh, fired. I wonder. Really? really? Uh, is there a reason why? Or? Yes, there is a reason why. So why? there was a blog post made by Daniel Klein back in 2007 that had some very sexist and racist remarks in them. Oh, yikes. Like some like some pretty egregious like remarks in this blog post written by him. Uh-huh. And Respawn felt that it, it Respawn and EA felt that it was uh necessary to terminate his uh position, which is unfortunate for him and for everyone that's like anti-cancel culture because we're talking about a good 14 years prior yeah that's yeah, uh, sad but people do change 
Yeah. Yeah, that is it's a very weird state, but I feel that but I also feel that Apex will be going in a better direction without Daniel Klein though. Yeah. As a person that plays Apex and fucking molds at, at its current state, I feel like this may be a better change because Daniel Klein was someone that was in charge of fucking balancing in the game. Yeah. And oh fucking boy, do we have some balancing problems in Apex Legends. But we're not gonna dive into that because we're not an Apex Legends podcast. <laughs> we'll yeah. save that for the actual H we'll save that for the actual Apex Legends podcast to dive into. I'm pretty sure you don't need my intake to fuck input to know that the game is fucking busted. It really is. It's fucking it's ridiculous. It's um broken and then there's there's a a new legend that's broken. I just wanted to uh I just wanted to touch on that like like very briefly before we talk about uh the fucking best gaming experience I've had all month. Which is back for blood. Yes. This game is amazing. Sponsorize. Give me a review code. <laughs> but it's a really it's a really fun game. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. The yeah, crazy. And, uh, the early access beta and the open beta. Yeah, shout out to crazy for us uh, finessing uh, some some early access beta codes for the first beta, which was weekend before last, the first weekend of the month. Shout out to crazy for getting beta access for me during that one, because crazy, uh, crazy Ray and I ran some games that first. Yeah, that first beta weekend, and oh my god, the game was so fun. Yeah, I, sh- you I legitimately streamed eight hours of this shit without fucking missing a beat. The, the gunplay is so satisfying. I streamed eight hours, dude, and I didn't even feel like I had been even playing for eight hours. That's how good this shit was. Yeah, like you know a game's great when you play the shit and you don't realize time has passed. That's when you know games are fucking good. Like it's basically left for the Left for Dead formula with a few tweaks and quality of life changes, like modernizing it. Yeah. For those cool. of you that haven't played, like you're like you've got web weapon subclasses which are assault rifles, submachine guns, shotguns. Lot machine guns, sniper rifles, and then you've got sidearms, which are uh, which are sawed-off shotties, uh, machine pistols, revolvers. Then you got your hand cannons and uh, normal pistols. Then you've got melee weapons, which are like axes, bats, uh, and such, machetes. Machetes, yeah. And then the my favorite aspect of the game i would have to say is the card system it's the game's uh, way to add extra rng and add challenges to every level so you'll get like world you'll get world modifier cards that play against you that give you a debuff or a challenge and you have a deck of cards for your own player which is like which is like different buffs you can have ones that buff and debuff something else for a stronger buff on that one uh, on that one uh stat you and you know you draw five cards and you pick one yep it's like modular like so much so that 
if you get a team to strategize, you could probably do some fucking crazy ass speed runs of this uh, game. Yeah, man, not a nightmare. <laughs> and yeah, you could. Yeah, and nightmare mode actually feels really challenging. Like it's so challenging that bruisers, which are like hard to beat enemies on the easiest mode of the game. We'll fucking invade the spawn room. So it's so hard. <laughs> Did you remember that room we were in, and this fucking bruiser just comes in? Yes. Get out of us. <laughs> wait, was that wait was that the was that the fucking nightmare run where we were in the spawn room? No, no, no. It was when when you opened the the toolkit with the one of the doors with the toolkit, the first one. Where when you get out. Oh my god! Yes. Uh, yeah, when I opened the stash house with the toolkit, yeah. and the fucking, the bruiser just fucking comes like, bolt, he just fucking teleports through the wall and starts bashing us. Yeah. My god, that was great. Like, that was my f- most favorite gaming experience of the month, by far. My, my only recommendation for Turtle Rock is to up the survivor mode a little bit, and tone like, down Nightmare a little bit. Like, Apex can rinse their throat with my cock and balls for all I'm concerned once this game fully releases. Because I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to play it for probably a month straight. It's really good. <laughs> it's that good. I didn't even get a chance to try it on controller because I've been playing on mouse and keyboard for two weeks because I ordered a new mouse and keyboard. And I've been having fun with it. I'm going to try to see if I can get a review copy. Yeah. Oh, you definitely should. Not only that, but you should also, you know, make the YouTube content. Oh yeah, yeah. Talk about it on YouTube as well. And give my thoughts because it's it's a and great game. The beta was fun. I just speaking was- of uh, YouTube, I also kind of want to get a rogue AI channel, but where there's content that's not podcasts on it from okay. from us. Yeah. Hey, gameplay. Yeah, gameplay, funny moments, whatever. Yeah. Something that's just yeah. not the podcast. Talk about the after the, the show. <laughs> I think that that's actually a really good idea. I was thinking about that as well. Yeah, that's going to be a fucking banger ass idea. But back so, to the gaming rumors. Uh, apparently, uh, Kotaku actually talked about this first. Apparently, uh, there's going to be a GTA Trilogy remaster with uh, Grand Theft Auto 3, San Andreas, and Vice City, and I am all for it. Yeah, this, that is going to be fucking banger. I, I never played I never played the third. I never played GTA 3. I didn't finish Vice City because I had it on my PS2, so, and I didn't have a memory card, so it always restarted. <laughs> and San Andreas, I never got to finish it. So it's going to be really, really <laughs> interesting to see how they run an Unreal Engine. Apparently that's the engine that they're gonna use. Nice. Yeah. So that's really all the gaming news that I have for now. Yeah. Uh yeah, but on the whole GTA thing, how do y'all feel about this overtaking priority of Rockstar's priority over making GTA six? I, I wish they were. I wish GTA Six is on track to release in fucking tw- in uh, in twenty ninety six when I'm a hundred years old. God damn, it is on track to release when I'm a hundred years old, and I'm fucking literally unable to play the game. Maybe they'll have VR equipment. 
where I can go like where like like some sword art online type shit where I can just go into a goddamn gamer coma and fucking live the rest of my life that way. <laughs> that should be really cool. Yeah. yeah but by the way, say, but say, uh, <laughs> apparently the, uh, there was a rumor a, a month ago or so that GTA Six is is scheduled to be dropped in twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. Oh, I heard that yeah. as well. I think it's 2025, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. But Apparently, but uh, from the, the the way it's going, I, I generally don't know if it exists or not. Yeah. Yeah, at this, at this point, I'm just, like, praying that, like, these remasters go well, because, like, like I think you said this before the podcast, the uh, Red Dead remake could be uh something that we will see like red dead one which needs to be remade like needs a remake and bully needs a remake yeah if you guys remember bully that game was a fucking banger in the article from kotaku apparently if this if this uh if this uh remaster trilogy goes well they plan on re- uh, remastering uh red dead one we did remaster remaking and yeah. then if that goes well, we could potentially see a lot more remasters and remakes. I'm glad you mentioned Kotaku crazy because this like segues into the next topic. Okay. <laughs> which is which is the timeless debate of the fucking week. Should all video games have an easy mode or not? Not, not should some, but should all have all games have easy mode. That is the question at hand here. No. Yeah, we're all in agreement here. But I want I want you guys to elaborate on why while I drink water. If there's different games, right? There, I I would understand it if there's an easy mode for like an open world game or a linear game like uh, The Last of Us or something like that. But Rogue likes like Returnal or or uh, or um Dark Souls Hero. I genuinely oh, yeah. don't believe there should never be an easy mode. Just just the normal mode that they have there, and possibly a hard mode. But that that's really it. Like with how I play video games is I play it on the normal mode first, and then I play it on the hard mode. Like I never go to easy. Yeah, I feel that. I, I don't believe. I don't have believe. a sense of challenge. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I'm on the same boat there. Like where narrative driven games, it can be forgivable to add an easy mode, and I'm not offended by the existence of an easy mode. But yeah. if they make easy mode for motherfucking Dark Souls, I will cringe. I will cringe into the fucking fourth dimension, boyos. I will cringe that hard because Dark Souls is a game that's meant to be challenging. It's mm-hmm. like games. Some games are meant to be challenging, like Dark Souls, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the Nintendo, like Lion King on the Super Nintendo. These games are meant to be challenging for a reason. There is no reason to make easy mode for for every game imaginable. Speaking of games, like- just for reviewers, and Apparently I feel From Software is making a remaster of Bloodborne. Oh shit! Yeah, that's what I've heard. Apparently, but I wanted to kind of continue on this tangent a bit because I'm saying they shouldn't make easy mode for these for these video game reviewers because these reviewers are trying to cater to who now 
gamers. Yeah. And if you can't beat the game, guess what you are not? A gamer. A good gamer. <laughs> and I want to hear from the goddamn good gamers. I don't want to hear from shit tier gamers that cry that the game's too hard. If I want to hear how good a game is, I want to hear it from somebody that has the ability to beat it. Yep. Without yeah. changing the settings. That was my mentality when asking people about to Like, you should be able to beat the game on a normal difficulty mm-hmm. to put out a review. That's my that's my hot take there. Yep. <laughs> like if you can't if you can't play it at a normal level or at least experience how fucking difficult it is, like that's what that's what we did with Back for Blood. We played on the hardest difficulty several times. We tried to beat it. Like nightmare and veteran. Like we, yeah, we like we played through the game on like every difficulty because you know that's part of experiencing the game. If you're only playing the game on easy mode, that's just like a slap in the face of everyone you're writing to. I feel. Yeah, and this is why I think some like like let let let's say like battle royale games or multiplayer games. A lot of the companies uh, fucking uh, cater to, to new players, and they try to help them instead of like be- helping benefit the people that are trying to hone their skills or gain skills in the game. And I, I, I don't know why they do that. Like I understand they're trying to bring more people into the game, but it would be way better if they just let people learn how to play the meta or how to play the game instead. Of- yeah. I do see what you're saying there, though. Like how, the way these developers like homogenize the learning curve to where the average player is better than the best players were at the beginning. And the biggest example that I always pull out of this, pull out of my ass for this, is Fortnite. And this is the example I always fucking see for Fortnite in particular, too. And 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 this is this is the fucking one hypothetical that always gets brought up. What if Fortnite never fucking added turbo building into the game? Yeah. Would it still have an incredibly high skill get skill ceiling, like skill gap and skill ceiling? And would it be more fun for the average player that way? I just, Knowing that everyone can't fucking spam builds at the speed of fucking lot. Or spam or better yet, this is a better comparison. Mm-hmm. Having players build at the speed of my ejaculations. <laughs> yes, but I, I I think something something else we have to account for is uh, skill based matchmaking as well. Ooh, yeah, the advent of skill based matchmaking kills a lot of games, competitive games for casual players too. Because the, there's the, the, there's literally like no skill gap. Uh, you just get in the game with people that are kind of in your skill level. And where, where, how do you improve? How the fuck do you improve if you're just fighting people that are the same skill level as you? Yeah, yeah I, like I would love to go against people like fucking uh, Tim or, or Nick Merckx and fight yeah, and, and learn from it. That's what I hated. Like, yeah, that's something I used to love about like or not when it didn't have the skill based matchmaking was the fact that you could face off against these fucking like insane players at random. Like, you didn't know. Unless you were a, unless you were a stream snapping fuck, you didn't know who you were going up against. 
Yeah. Like I, w- I would love to go against like uh fucking uh um I'd love to face off against Shroud again. Uh, or, or fucking uh Tim or or any of the big players, you know? Yeah, I fought like, Shroud I, in I, I season to go against me, Joe. I fought Shroud in season five of chapter one of Fortnite. <laughs> I fought Shroud way the fuck back then, but he just headshotted me with a deagle from forever away, lol. Yeah. It's like just easy clip. I, I think skill based matchmaking should be put in ranked rank modes. But take it out of casuals because then then there's no like there's no real way to learn. Every single game is just the same shit all over again. Then again, games don't have like strong dynamic ranking systems, such as I say the best the best ranking systems are obviously in the FPS world are obviously fucking Valorant and CS:GO because they're one in the fucking same almost. Except you know Valorant has their stuff more uh, like more similar to how League of Legends is. Except in League of Legends, yeah. you are there's two different categories for ranked. There's a solo duo flex or solo duo, which is like solo queue or duo queue. Like at most, you can match up with one other person. And then there's a ranked flex, which is like like five stacking, building your entire team, and you know your entire team is ranked as a as a collective. But in Valorant, one thing I don't see is that, op, you know, that categorization for ranking. Like, how strong are you in solo queue versus, like, stacking with a whole team of your friends? In Valorant, it's one and the same. You know, there's no difference there. That's the only thing that I didn't see them take over from League. But shit, boys. We are about an hour in, and I think that draws us to the last, the last topic we brought to the board. And boy, oh boy, is this one a fucking meaty topic. It really is. Yeah, this is the fucking, this is like the fucking news of our time. And and by the news of our time, I mean, this is probably some of those fucked shit that I've like seen or heard. In the last like five to ten, you know, five years of the internet. Oh yeah. And 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 to start this off on the first of this month, August the first, an arrest was made for one Christine Weston Chandler, the infamous creator of Sonichu, and the and arguably the most documented person in the history of fucking anything on the internet. And we have varying degrees of knowledge on the topic. I I probably know the most because I followed the story ever since. Like I've followed the story and watched most like the entire Geno documentary after uh, watching the down the rabbit hole back in 2017. I believe, or 2016, when the Down the Rabbit Hole came out, I found it, and it was a great fucking video. I was intrigued, and I I continued to learn more. So I am up to date on my Christy boys. This is gonna be fucking great. And Azzy, what is the extent of your fucking Christy knowledge? 
Uh, I don't think I'm. I'm not like a crazy Crestorian. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. So you are not a scholar. Uh, no, but I do know a lot. You know, uh, especially as of recent um stuff that's happened. And crazy knows nothing <laughs> at all about this. Yeah, he is a. Crazy is an allegory for the listener, meaning that he should be asking a lot of questions for us. Yeah. But the arrest was made, boys, on the first of this month in Virginia, where Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Christine lives. I am going to try my best to respect the pronouns, not for the sake of Christine, but for the sake of the trans community as a whole so i will refer to christine as a she except for the points in time where christine identified as a man therefore being christian weston chandler so let's see the arrest was made on the first of this month christine was arrested for for a for the alleged incest committed between Christine and her I think yeah I, I, I forget exactly how old how old Barbara was but I think uh, late 70s early 80s yeah but yeah yeah but her 80 yeah, ish year old dementia ridden mother which subjectively could be classified as rape depending on how strong her uh, dementia is. And oh. this was following a leak of a of a conversation between Christine and a troll that allegedly was attempting to, you know, coerce Christine into killing herself which was like not the ending to the Christian saga that I expected in the slightest. Not, uh, not at all what I expected. Yeah. I sort of expected, um, I sort of expected Barbara to die of natural causes as Bob did. And then for Christine to become a ward of the state, and be put in some sort of uh, facility because my my aunt works at one of those facilities where they uh, assist, you know, like uh, take care of people with uh, mental disabilities and such that can't quite live on their own and stuff like that. So I feel like that would have been the ending that I, I feel like that would have been the good ending, I guess. Because we got oh. the because we, we got the fucking bad ending, boys. This, this was the bad ending. No, the the good ending is Barbara dies of natural causes, and uh, no incest going on, and Chris being put in a home for for people that have mental disabilities, where their needs can be taken care of by the state, more or less. Instead of uh, the bad ending, which is fucking prison. I have to 
I think that would be a bad, the first one would be a bad ending for Chris. Yeah, that would have. Uh, I mean, I feel like that would have been a good ending for the uh, for the general public. I think they're both yeah. bad endings. Yeah, they're both bad endings. Mm. But this is the result of a story that's been ongoing since the same year that Daniel Klein made these uh, disparaging remarks on that blog post. This all started in 2007. All uh, like the internet stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you see? It was actually found out. Um, there was a person uh, that was also involved. I was saying in the group chat a little bit ago. But there was a uh, from the call of Chris admitting to everything he was talking to a girl that's basically a psychopath. Um, yes, that's what I've heard. She's basically a psychopath because she tried to make she tried to drive Chris to suicide. And that's something she's done before, and like just like all this crazy shit about her. Uh, um, she kills animals and all that. It, it, it's it's crazy, I but could... yeah, apparently she has pretty much like like been doing some fucked things, which doesn't excuse uh Chris's actions, but it's still kind of fucked. Yeah, I, f- no. I I couldn't I couldn't validate things such as like the animal abuse and the uh, I couldn't validate the stuff like the animal abuse at all because you can't really uh, see that without like actual public records being made of it. So she would have had to have been arrested for mm. such an action. Yeah, that's true. But oh, we, oh, no. but there is, but there is evidence to suggest that they were trying to drive Christine to suicide. Yeah. But the crazy part is, like, I want to dig into the history though, because as oh, long, because yeah. as long as this has been going on, this was always. This was always a fucking crazy fucking social experiment to anyone looking from the outside and not being directly involved. And this is what I wanted to talk about a lot. This seems like a crazy fucking social experiment. It's almost as if like it's a huge fucking troll, but it's not. Yeah. That's how crazy you like this is shit you could not make up. Nah, yeah. It's so crazy that you actually couldn't make it up. And back from the very beginning, this is the where the foreshadowing I was talking about earlier kicks in. Chris thought all the attention he was getting, this is back in the past, Chris thought all the attention he was getting was because of Sonichu's success, which was not the case. This was negative attention placed upon himself being the character that he is. Or was, I should say. Being the character he was. Which was like the whole love quest. The whole uh, journey. The whole uh, search for a boyfriend-free girl. Paraded on websites and flyers and posters around his uh, local malls and uh, colleges that he attended. And the crazy part was... 
you know, he got the, you know, he got the attention for the poorly drawn comics that was on some, something awful. And, and then the Encyclopedia Dramatica page was made and he was made aware of it. And that's how, sort of how all this kicked off. Because the, at that point, Chris was aware that he had drawn fame. But for the entirely wrong reasons, and that's where the foreshadowing kicked in. Because Chris didn't understand the difference between the negative attention and the positive attention that that would have been received. If any. I can't, I, you know, I couldn't guarantee you that there would be any. Yeah. Because people on the internet are fucking cruel, and this is, you know, that's obvious from the uh, outset of the story to its uh, conclusion. Was that these people would would do sh- would troll Chris in such ways to rile him up, so you know, to get all these reactions out of him, that something this fucked was bound to happen at some point. Yeah, and. It's it's such a sad story. Like all of the trolls that you know, this is so many like troll sagas. There are so many sagas of trolling, like that's all broken down into sagas. Like it's motherfucking Dragon Ball Z crazy. That's how deep this shit gets. Did you like, like would you believe that crazy? They're all like the trolls, like the, all the trolls individually are broken down into sagas, like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, because the internet's a fucked up place. Because that's, that's how long this shit's been going on for, and it's it's actually crazy for you know that you know it, it was like the comic was his one you know thing that he got you know that he escaped to and left. And you could tell that, you know, he, he, like, the first, like, two or three issues of Sonichu were, like, an actual comic where Sonichu's the protagonist and does stuff, you know, like a comic book should be. And, uh, crazy, I want to I ask you to guess what happens with the rest of the issues going forward. You can be wrong here. Does it get darker and darker? Yes, it does get darker and darker, but I want to guess who becomes the protagonist of this comic. Uh, I wish to fall. Chris becomes the protagonist, the de facto (laughs) protagonist of these comics. After, like, the third issue. Because you could tell the comic was, like, Chris's escape from reality. Uh Uh-huh. And and to preface all of this, we have not mentioned this as of yet, and I don't know why I haven't mentioned it, but Chris is autistic, by the way. Christine is autistic. Yeah. Just to preface all of this, and trans at this moment. But in this time, in this, in this point in time, Chris is still a man going by Christian. And like basically the comic turns into this like uh like this fucking power fantasy fulfillment that Chris wants in his like real life by villainizing the people that like troll that harass him or antagonize him. Like one of the villains in the comic is 
the dean of students at his like community college that you know that kicked them off the campus for like running around with a sign trying to uh proposition like girls for dates you, you, you know yep. the the love quest that was like the whole deal while chris was made fun of at the beginning was the love quest like the sign said like you know the sign was like very you know like very very high standards like 18 to insert current age here uh boyfriend free girl has to be white can't smoke must make decent income no autism which is like really crazy because chris himself was autistic that was like the gag that you know that was a bit of like the irony in the sun like the so this dean of students uh mary lee walsh bans him from the college and he writes her in as a villain in the book with her like henchmen called jerk ops which which are like mall cops that kick Chris out of the malls. And you can start seeing the comic become a power, like a power trip fantasy fulfillment for Chris as he's getting harassed by all of these bullies. And he inserts himself as the protagonist with the Sonichu characters to fight these like trolls and stuff like that. Meanwhile, he's just continually getting duped left and right. Like, there's so many incidents that we could talk about. We could be here all fucking day, crazy. We could literally be here all day. Um, <laughs> like, sounds like a really sad story. And one thing about Sonichu, crazy, I don't think you looked. Did you look into it at all? Like, did you look at the art? No, not really. Yeah, Sonichu is very poorly drawn, to say the least. It looks like a six, like, Sonichu looks like a six-year-old could draw it. They're, like, exactly the same way as Chris drew. That's how, like, poorly drawn it was from an artistic standpoint. But I'm not really an art critic, but, you know, people could go on forever about it. But with all that attention that was received at the beginning and Chris not being able to perceive it as good or bad attention, this, you know, the sagas unfolded because Chris would reveal information about himself intentionally or unintentionally for various reasons, which would be used as ammunition to further troll. And this just became a like cycle that went on for years and years and shit just kept getting worse. And I'd like to say around 2013, 2014, Chris began to identify as a woman and changed his name to Christine. And this was also after, this was also like after his, this was after Chris's dad died as well. Of like a few years after. Oh shit. And not to mention the way Chris grew up. His parents were like his parents were old when he was born. Like in their forties, like in their late forties and such. Which uh if if you guys know like about health and such, that having children that late generally leads to uh developmental disorders. Most uh commonly or at least 
at least as far as I know, more commonly stuff like cerebral palsy, um, Down syndrome, autism, Asperger's, stuff like that. Yeah. Chris was born to parents in their 40s with autism. And also his parents were hoarders too, which I spoke in when I brought the uh, fact that we're bringing this topic to the podcast up to the boys and DMs. I mentioned the fact that they were hoarders and I know personally that there is a lot of uh, bad things about hoarding that like draw out the worst in uh, development. There are a lot of mental dis. There are a lot of mental disorders. There are a lot of like, yeah, like mental disorders and stuff like that to be acquired through living such a lifestyle. Or living with people that have such a lifestyle. And you would start seeing things uh, later on to like to, to go on to what I'm talking about here. And this would manifest later on as the trolling got more intense and more intense. You can only imagine that uh, at some point that people would like really do something harmful. And the fir- and like sort of the first like the first of these would be stuff like uh, Chris wore this medallion of Sonichu, which is his like recolor of Sonic hashed with Pikachu, hence you know Sonichu. You know he's got like Pikachu features, but he looks like Sonic. He wore a medallion that was like Sonichu's head, and the trolls got him to you know like under the guise of like being a uh, potential girlfriend send the medallion to them in order to have them like destroy it and piss on it and you know like put it in a jar of pickles because chris said he hated pickles and stuff like that it's all the troll shit the second medallion was made and another troll came along same exact premise uh pretending to be a potential girlfriend and the second troll did something even crazier. Would you like to venture a guess crazy? Bonus points if you get this one right, by the way. Huh? Oh, sorry. I was looking at a Sonichu photo. But. But uh, what would they do? No, I want I want you to give a good guess. Both of you, if, uh, as if you don't know either, give a, give a good guess. <laughs> uh... Give a good guess to what, sorry? I got to, to what happened bit. to Chris's second Sonichu medallion. Oh, uh, the exact same as before. I have to guess. Yes, but no. Oh. Uh, the second medallion, Chris was coerced into shoving up his ass. How? What? Did he? Did he do it? Yes, he shoved the medallion up his ass on video and sent oh, it to the trolls. My oh my. As well as being coerced into having sex with a blow-up doll, dry humping a PlayStation 3, uh, sitting on a cake and farting on it. Oh my god, that, that one's just fucking... I, I'm glad I never watched that one, but I heard that it happened. I don't need to see it, but I know that it happened. Knowing Chris Chan and Chris Chan stuff, I know that it happened. Yeah. I don't. 
Because I'm glad Gino didn't put that one in the documentary. Fucking thank shit. Like, thank fuck he didn't put that one in the documentary. And it goes on and on. And eventually, around 2014 to 2016, a group of trolls called the that, that are like coined the Idea Guys managed to uh, secure Chris's trust or Christine's trust. Because this is a, around when. Christine began to identify as a woman. They got her trust in such a way that they were able to convince her that all fictional characters exist in a universe outside of this universe and that someday that they will merge together. And currently to this day, Christine still believes that. Okay, no. And acts as, acts as if she is a deity. I have no words right now. Yeah, uh, I don't. I believe. Sure. Yeah, I believe. Up until about a month before all this shit broke down, for like almost an entire year, Christine on Twitter was acting as if Sonichu was writing tweets for her and living through her body while she was in quote unquote in the other realm doing stuff. So Sonichu was like taking her place. That was uh like the entire last year almost, I suppose, of like Son you know, the Christian stuff. Yeah. And not only that, but you know, Christine is also married to Mewtwo the Pokemon. And like two or three of her Sonichu characters. That's but my favorite uh, I think my favorite I think a couple of my favorite parts of like the trolling where it actually was funny. This is the only this is the only instance of trolling that I believe was funny out of the entire bit was they got a guy to like dress up in like the same manner of attire that Chris did back in the day, like wear glasses and copy his mannerisms and his like speech pattern and do an impression of him. And they got this guy to pretend that he was the real Christian Weston Chandler. And this became known as the liquid Chris saga. Like this is a direct reference to metal gear where solid Chris is the actual Chris and liquid Chris was this like imposter Chris that was better than the real Chris. God. Even though he was a made up contrived character. And this, yeah, this was a curse saga to, indeed, but this was so funny because all of this, it angered Chris and had him like insulting the liquid insulting liquid chris you know ironic and this was ironic in such a way that you know lick solid chris would you know the actual chris would insult, insult liquid chris for the same things that the trolls would insult him for not seeing the irony in it yeah, and this and boys, this all culminated in a as in a uh, 
in a karaoke contest in which the uh in the fake Chris played the guitar and sang his song and the real Chris played a song on a jukebox and loudly just sang over the actual lyrics to the actual song. And the entire point of the contest was for the hand of a sweetheart named Casey. Which was just hilarious. Uh, it's interesting, yeah. It was actually funny. Like, like that was the that was the funny saga. That was the only one that was funny. Everything else was just like cruel and like <laughs> vicious. Everything else was just vicious. Yeah, I just went on uh, YouTube. Um, and I see that I, I would see this pop up in discussions around like you know the time all like the arrest and all happened that everyone would reflect on the trolling sagas and I would see them say stuff along the lines of, ah, this troll wasn't so bad. They tried to help Chris, but I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, they may have tried to give Chris advice, but when they like bashed Chris and I'm speaking in a past tense, because this is when all of this, all of this happened was in the past when they bashed Chris immediately after giving him advice in such a way, oh, yeah. they would negatively reinforce the advice that they were giving. So do you think like, so say that like say if somebody came up to you guys and said, Hey, you know, and pitched the benefits of getting a job and then just turned right around and started calling you a, like a you know calling you every name in the book would you follow that person's advice that they gave previously to dogging you out no yeah it just doesn't make sense oh, no, to no, no. it just doesn't make sense to in any way so none of these trolls helped chris even if they did offer meaningful advice the other actions they performed were were so detrimental to that effort that it it was the opposite effect it just made everything worse and you could just see this going over time to the people like you know and then at that point people helping chris wasn't even helping because if you're just sending chris money like if you're just sending chris if you were sending christine money there was only like one place that I was going to go and that would be like towards more toys and games. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because on top of uh, allegedly incest raping her mother, Christine also stole money from her mother and spent it on games and toys. God. And then also yeah, cool. stamped her feet in court demanding that that everything at home be uh, taken care of, which I'm assuming is toys and games. Yeah. Yeah, she demanded to uh, to have all them like taken back or some shit. I don't even know exactly why. Crazy. Are there any questions that you'd like to ask as the allegory for the audience? I uh, 
I, I don't know what to ask. I'm like, oh, no, crazy's just as speechless as I'm pretty sure everyone is if they've made it this far into the fucking podcast. The last 30 minutes has just been fucking like this is like 30 minutes of fucking rapid fire Christian history. But I just wanted to dive deeper into uh, yeah. the whole, like, locale dynamic. This is something I've been interested in talking about forever now. Like, locales on the internet. Like, like the internet and, like, the way people are bullied on the internet. Because, you know, in it, like, cyberbullying is still very fucking real. I mean, Twitter. Need I say more? I mean, fuck, I think I even cyber-bullied someone by laughing at their dumb fucking tweet before this podcast started. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, heck, I'm sorry, but it, it happens. I laugh at dumb fucking tweets all the time, but I'm not going to publicly shame people for it. But that doesn't make me any better than the people that actually publicly bully people. Anyway, what I wanted to, you know, go on in this point is, is, will cases like this make people realize how, you know, mentally taxing and, you know, how mentally draining and taxing being a person on the internet is and can be? Like, in Christian's uh, case, like, they, you know, Christian did not want to be, you know, famous in that way. I'm a 100% guarantee Christian did not want to be, you know, infamous for being such a character. No, I'm pretty sure Christian wanted Sonichu to be famous and that was it. Like, you know, like that that was the entire intention behind it. But something else entirely happened. And you can say the same for a lot of these uh, locale-type characters. We're talking about our uh, Wings of Redemptions, our, our DSPs. Even, you know, even now we're moving into more characters that are that can be classified as locales. Such as like Nikocado Avocado, um, Onision. I mean, those characters are generally considered locales, like where everything they do can be made fun of to an extent by people on the internet. And something I see in common with most of those, and not with Christian, is that at some point all of those people were liked. Wouldn't you guys tend to agree with that statement? Uh, yeah. That, like, yeah, like, Darkside Phil and Wings and Nikocado Avocado were all likable and lovable characters at one point in time. Um, maybe not Nikocado. Yeah. At the beginning, Nikocado yeah. was just like a very like soft-spoken vegan mm-hmm. YouTuber. Oh, actually, yeah, he was. Yeah, he there was a point in time where he was. And normal. he wasn't like 
in your face like ah oh, veganism is the way and you're fucking wrong for not being vegan he was just like soft-spoken and like actually polite about it you know there was nothing controversial about that at all in the beginning but what and this and this digs into the root of fucking some of my anxiety with shit i do on the internet is what's the fucking nexus point level event or the fucking like you know the the event horizon or whatever what would be such a catastrophic event to take someone as a person attempting to be a public figure on the internet to make that transition that that transcending step from just being a streamer content creator or someone pushing a brand of some sort into becoming this like locale top character. Like I feel like that can happen for anyone. Yeah. And it kind of fucking scares me because it's like shit like that, that makes the internet a scary fucking place. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely fiction. Yeah. You know, it's not meat Canyon's YouTube channel. It's not watching train degenerately gamble hundreds of thousands of dollars away. It's not getting blue balled by a fucking blue box that scares me. It's the fact that people can turn on you in such a way that you you are like ridiculed for life on the internet. And and being as being as important as it is these days, that may be a, that you know that may be very detrimental. Yeah. Especially as prevalent as like cancel culture is like, say you make that, like you do something that dumb to make it to that point. Uh, bro, I can you, uh. like, can you even like get off the internet and come back in any form, shape or way without being tied to that dumb shit in the past? Mm, there are ways, but it'd be very difficult, yeah. And some creators, no, no. Uh, like, some people I've seen, like, you know, people I've seen that, like, come to mind for me is uh, Basherverse. Oh, yeah. Who dropped off the internet entirely in, like, 2017 or 2018, I believe, and came back as uh, Toasty. Uh, oh, yeah. forgot about that. And then also Zillion OP, the Twitch streamer that was, uh, that pretended to be in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah. He tried to come, he tried to come back as well to, uh, very diminishing return, but you know, that still hangs, that still hangs around on him. But his situation's a bit older than, uh, Bashiverse. Yeah. <laughs> but like, <clears throat> But I feel like there's there's a weird dynamic to be explored there, especially si- like psychologically and sociologically, like with locales. I feel like there's a lot of like weird psychological aspects that are to be there. Yeah, like the beginning of Gino's documentary says, "What made her this way?" You know, Chris Chan. What made her this way? What is the attraction? 
this is the story of Chris Chan. That's the intro to the Gino documentary. And those are two very important questions. Like, you know, you know, what made Christine this way? And then the next question, what is the attraction? Like, what is this fascination that people like myself included have for this situation? Not just to be involved because I never tried to reach out to Chris or any people trolling Chris. Because I feel like that would be fucking shouting into the void. Yeah. But like, what is this fascination that we have with train wrecks? Because that's that's what I can bring it down to. What's this fascination? Uh, not sure. Fuck. I forgot. I forgot what it was. I feel like it goes along that same vine as um, that the morbid curiosity that you get from like fucking watching live leak or some shit like that or watching fight videos, you know, watching like gruesome Uh, shit that's happening to someone that's not you. Yeah. Like, is that what this is about? Like for people that don't want to be involved. Like, is, is it like a fucking way for our minds to say, like, hey, look at this situation this other person is in. Your shit's not so bad. You should be, you know, kind of feel better. Even though we're watching the uh, mental degradation of an autistic person to the point they rape their own mother. Like, should we feel better about that? Or fucking, should we feel worse? <laughs> That's where I'm at with this shit. Yeah. Even to this day, I've had two weeks. I feel like over, yeah, I've had almost three weeks now to think about this shit, and I still can't get a solid, concise answer about that. You know, like, what's, you know, mainly those two questions that Gino asks at the beginning of every one of his uh, documentary episodes. Like, what, you know, what made her this way? What's the fascination? There's a combination of factors of what made Christine this way. And I feel also that this is a great case study to uh, to bolster the support system that autistic children have in this world. I feel like there need to be more resources to make, you know, to help autistic children learn to communicate better with those around them. Yeah. And the like, uh, and I'm not saying it's like entirely dependent on the government or the schools, because this also falls on the parents too, and you know that's where I feel a good portion of it comes from with uh, Chris, the Christian, because as far as I had ever like like seen or heard, I don't believe. Christine was massively bullied back in those uh, high school days. I don't believe Christine was bullied like that in high school at all. Yeah, I don't like like the way the internet are. bullied her. She was not bullied in that way back in high school for sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's insane. I feel like you you know. If someone were there to teach Christine early on that uh, not all attention is good attention, 
this all could have been averted. Yeah. That, you know, the short, like short and simple, that all could have been averted if someone were there to uh, teach a young Chris, you know, stuff such as that. And, and I don't believe at all that the, you know, that autism gives Christine an excuse for any of the bad actions that she's ever committed. It shouldn't for Adamon, yeah. That shit's fucked. Um, unless it's like really bad, obviously, then. I mean, like, there are like, yeah, there are like, but, you know, thousands, if not like, you know, millions of success, you know, perfectly well balanced and, you know, managed, you know, like, very well managed uh, autistic people, and I don't mean managed in like a way that pe- other people are having to take care of shit for them, but I mean people that can take care of themselves and have successful lives. Yeah, with autism, you know, it's. I mean, someone that I can think of right off the top of my head is the YouTuber Boblex, who uh, does like the Twitter versus videos where he like documents stuff that goes on on Twitter, like people having beef or people like, you know, reacting to something stupid. Which is where I see, which is where I see a good bit of like dumb Twitter shit, which is, you know, from his uh, channel, like mainly the dumb H3 Keemstar stuff that I saw. Yeah. But he has autism and you know, he seems well adjusted. He doesn't seem as if, uh, He's one day going to rape his mom. Yeah, that's or at true. least I hope not. I can't. I can't speak. I can't guarantee for anyone but myself. But my God, though, what a fucking rabbit hole that is! Though, literally, that's how I started with all of this. Was the down the rabbit hole episode by Frederick Knudsen. like with all yeah. of these locales, not just Chris Chan, but I mean. What I know about Darkside Phil, I, all I knew about Darkside Phil before, you know, like diving into the uh, down the rabbit hole video was, hey, he was that guy that jacked off on Twitch. He was that guy that jacked off on stream. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone fucking remember when Darkside Phil jacked off on stream? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my fucking God. That was... <laughs> oh man people, yeah that happened yeah there's uh, been a few people for sure yeah. but no one had that fucking like no one had that O face like fucking dark side Phil talking about slumped back in the chair almost dead looking <laughs> I'm talking about he looked like he died and went to the fucking afterlife that's how you know he's jacking it <laughs> But he looked like he fucking died and slipped into a more cozy afterlife. (laughs) My God. That's the the first I had ever heard about Darkside Phil. and never heard anything about him again until the down the rabbit hole. And then, you know, you find out all this crazy stuff. And how people are, like, obsessed in a way. Which I also find crazy about these locales is, you know, it's not just the locales being, you know, 
odd characters to people observing from the outside, such as ourselves. But the people, the detractors, the the trolls. It's a it's a weird fanatical obsession. What you say? Yeah. Yo, crazy. Are uh, you alive? Or did yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, was about, I was I was concerned that we might have killed crazy with this talk. No, no. So what you guys are talking about? Yeah, this is a great discussion of being enthralled in crazy. My god, this is like the fucking biggest monologue because I know the most about this shit. Which I nah, feel I feel sort of ashamed to know the most about this shit too. I'm sort of like, why do I know so much useless bullshit about these locals? But then again, it's just because I find cu- I'm curious about these like dynamics. Because there's the dynamic between, you know, the locale and the internet. Because they could just disappear from the internet and not have a presence online. And it'd be done with. They would never have to deal with this again if they were to just deactivate their socials and just, you know, enjoy life. There's, you know, nothing stopping them from doing so. Or at least, you know, not in, at least in like Chris Chan's case or something like that. But, you know, there's, they could just like live their lives offline and do something else. But they choose not to. That's an interesting dynamic for me. And then there's the, like I said, the detractors, the trolls, and the like fanatical levels of obsession with, you know, getting at that person. But why? I don't get that either. Because I've never been one to understand doing anything for the intent of like hating on others. Like, I don't get the people that uh, go out of their way to hate on other people. Yeah. Never really have. Like, sure. Like, you know. I'll watch it, you know, I'll watch a train wreck because everybody loves a good train wreck. You know, that's what we've been talking about here is, you know, everyone's fascination with train wrecks. But these types of people are the same types of people that will go on Twitter and fucking say ratio. I feel it's the same type of people. Nah, yeah, I, I agree. Also, Hold this ratio, man. But, um, but like you, but I feel that's you know, it's that type of person that would be a troll to these people, you know, yeah, or a detractor, like to the level, like to the point it doesn't make sense to waste the time doing it. Um, oh, fuck. And then there's just the dynamic in general of, uh, you know, once attention, I also found uh, a lot of the, the, like the big, the big, you know, like the reactions from people on the outside looking into this whole Christian thing, like super funny. Like when the news would talk about it or like bigger YouTubers would talk about it that don't know anything. I found it really funny that most of these articles would say something along the lines of like trans YouTuber or 
Like, you know, like, trans YouTuber or trans vlogger? Yeah. Like, no, that is not what Chris Chan's about. You know, Chris Chan's not a YouTuber or a vlogger, primarily. All you can say is that Chris Chan is a internet person of interest. Yeah. That's all you can really say about Chris Chan. That's the best way to describe Christine. Interesting person. Is an internet person of interest. Yeah. And arguably the most documented person in history. There is is a 59-part documentary as it stands on YouTube. Each part is between 35 and 35 minutes to an hour long. You could watch that motherfucker for days. Literally days. Yeah. Multiple days. And I'm good. I'll listen to the entire Gino documentary throughout the course of like two months doing overnight shifts at work last year. That's how I'm like familiar and more acquainted to like all of this like deeper information. But mm. I can't go any further, unfortunately, because it would take literally fucking days. Like I just said, yeah. the Gino documentary is over twenty four hours of content. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely need to I I um you know I'm not uh, well versed, I guess, yeah. with uh, this stuff. Like even though I do know some stuff, it's just like oh god, there's just way too much for me to keep up with. Dang! But also, boys, you know, you, you if you guys remember when I brought this up to you in the in the group DM that I wanted to discuss this, who was the other locale that I mentioned? Azzy, I know you would remember this, but Crazy probably wouldn't. Uh, shit. Why am I blanking? Uh, uh, fuck. I'm blanking, sorry. Okay, uh, I, I will okay. feed this one to uh, get things going. But Terry Davis, the, uh, the Temple OS guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If anyone... Out there is even slightly familiar with who this man is. He invented a operating a computer operating system from scratch, all of his own work. That would it would basically like produce like hit like Bible like you know like pray prayers. It would like randomly decode like randomly generate prayers and hymns. It was like heavily religious and the man behind it was named Terry Davis. And he was a, and he was a man that was very brilliant when he was lucid. Like he was very brilliant. He was a computer engineer. He was like responsible for developing like many, many like machines in the early nineties. Like he has patents to his name to this day, I believe. And he, he, you know, suffered from schizophrenia, which would eventually be his downfall as he alienated himself further from his family and friends 
go, you know, through this journey of uh, making his operating system and interacting with the internet. And that would eventually lead him to become homeless. And then in 2018, to jump in front of a train and take his own life. That was the end of his story. And the reason I brought up Terry in those DMs, and I'm going to repeat this now, is in game, once Christine is out of jail slash prison, and and also to to mention guys, Christine will draw social security disability checks while in jail. And it is currently, it is currently of unknown to me whether or not that, uh, creditors or people that Christine owes money to such as banking institutions or credit card companies could make claims against her, uh, sue her and take her to court for those social security checks that she would draw while in jail. And obviously given the nature of the crime, I'm assuming that she won't have any family to stay with once she gets out. And we could very much see a Christian homeless saga happening after this. Accompanied, accompanied by more trolling, accompanied by, yeah, accompanied by more trolling of a malicious intent, such as the trolling that got Christine arrested in the first place and the stuff that, you know, and such and such and going back that would eventually lead Christine to commit suicide as a homeless person. I feel it could very much happen the same way as uh, Terry's death. Yeah. And that is concerning to say the least because how bad would the entire saga look for all of these trolls, all of these people that have harassed and, and mocked this individual and caused them to go this direction? if the end result is suicide. And we're not talking about like, you know, they cyber bullied, you know, this seventh grader got cyber bullied for a week and they couldn't handle the pressure. No, we're talking about years worth of psychological suffering and torment put onto one person. Like Geneva Convention levels of fucking criminal activity there. Yeah. This this is like psychological warfare to the most extreme, extreme level, to say the least. Like, that's all I can really say about that. And it's going to be interesting to see where all this goes from here with the trial and everything else going forward. It's going to be really interesting. Because I wanted to like raise a few of those. Uh, I wanted to raise a few of those points to the people listening out there that do know about Christian from this, and have not really heard much else regarding that, or people that do know about this, 
and also haven't seen those points being raised because you know I've never seen anyone raise the question of uh you know raise the same you know raise like like raise torches or I shouldn't say torches but raise uh, like shine light onto uh some points of this like the entire dynamic between these people and the internet and then also the point and also the fact that would these people do all of this fucked like fucked up shit like getting chris chris to shove the medallion up his ass would that person have done that you know otherwise if they weren't made anonymous or they weren't anonymous not to say that people that the internet should you know not be anonymous but you know it makes the internet a scary place when people can do fuck shit like that under the guise of anonymity it's such a fucking it's such a trip to think about all of that again I am fucking speechless (laughs) yeah I should not have posed the. I should have not have like put the role of being the allegory for the audience and asking questions on you crazy because this is some shit that is impossible to really wrap your head around and ask like concise and logical questions about because this is as far from logical as you can fucking get. Yeah, that's true. Very far from logical. Because what is logical about raping your own mother? Nothing. God damn, that was that was an hour of that. So Jesus Christ. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Holy uh, shit. We 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 went deep in we, I went in deep on that shit. Holy I did not realize it was gonna be that long. I told you guys to be buckled in for a two plus hour podcast, but I did not actually think we were gonna get there. Yeah, me neither. I thought we were you know, before we got through things pretty quick, but yeah. But I'm not surprised there is like a lot with this shit, so you know. Yeah, but we're going to see where this goes from here, though, and unless any, like, major developments happen in such a way that would twist our perception of events even further, I do not intend to cover this again on this podcast. No. 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 Yeah. This, is, this, is like a, this is like a one-off uh this is a one-off study into fucking psychology and sociology featuring the fucking talents of Dr. Wildebeest and his lovely assistant, Dr. Crazy. And, yes. and ho- ho- hold up, hold up. No, no, I was going to give a good title for this. Dr. Bartholomew Barreled Medickiner. Yep, that was me. That is Azzy's Discord name as of this moment. And the entire joke behind that is that he just had Barry Medickiner. Like, you know, just Barry. And I said, I said, imagine how fucking cursed it would be if 
you if his name was actually Barold. Like Harold, you know how people say Harry and Harold? Yeah. Like Barry, Barold. Yeah. Damn. But shit, I suppose that's a really good place to wrap this. Yeah. If, if but if anyone made it this far into the podcast and made it all the way to the end, all the, you know, waiting the river of fucking Christian shit, I applaud you and fucking I am sorry. That's all I've got to say. I am sorry for putting that on you. But I appreciate you making it through. And I yeah. thank you, and I thank you a lot for listening to the podcast and hearing what we had to say on all of the topics at hand, not just the uh, debauchery of uh, the Christian situation, but all of the news and topics we brought forth. Thank you all so much for watching this pod, watching or listening to this podcast wherever you may be listening. And with that being said, do like the video on YouTube or yeah, just hit the uh, like button on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow the podcast on Spotify, and be sure to check out all of our individual links, which will be in the description for YouTube below and then Spotify, it'll be somewhere on the interface. I don't exactly know how it works because I'm dumb, but do check us out on Anchor and Spotify. Those are platforms we are very proud to be repping. Anchor is our sponsor and we love them a lot. They are the fucking greatest. Thank you, Anchor. But yeah. check our links out in the description. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow the Rogue AI Podcast Twitter account at Rogue AI Podcast. And be sure to follow the boys, uh, like myself and the boys on Twitter as well. That's how you'll be able to know what's uh, going on with us. Uh, and also the show. Can I also add something? Oh, absolutely. Uh... Yeah, um, don't forget to kiss the homies goodnight. Yes, never forget to kiss the homies goodnight. And do, con- and do continue to uh, support the brocade as well. Oh, yes, thank you. Because as, uh, because <clears throat> while Azzy may not be a permanent, like, host as of now for the show, he is still a part of this show. We love Azzy very much. Yeah. And we hope that he finds the cigarette brand that he was looking for. I'm sure. We hope he finds, we hope he finds the cigarettes that he's looking for. But occasionally, he told us that he's going to call us on a payphone outside the gas station to uh, add his in- input on topics whenever he can. Yeah. But yeah. With, that, with that being said, peace out, y'all. Much love. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you again, guys, for watching. Goodbye. Love you all.